What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Pazabonin, and with me, as always, is Aaron Balauchuk <laughs> and Jordan Belitsky. And you are listening to part four of episode nine of VGM Generations, the spooky, scary, haunted Halloween episode. Happy Halloween. Spooky, Woo. scary, creepy. <laughs> Very good. That's a good Dracula voice. <laughs> All right. Best and, uh, bleh. <laughs> bleh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so this is part four, so it's back to me first. And I'm going to jump right into it with Luigi's Mansion, a game very close to my heart. And also terrifying, just a terrifying game. Like, <laughs> yeah, not, not the scariest your heart game. heart stop that game. But <laughs> definitely uh, Luigi was terrified. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so and uh, the piece of music I've picked is the main theme. But the caveat here is it's the main theme three different ways. Uh, high health, medium health, and low health. So anyone who's played this game knows that uh, if you, as you're playing along in the game, Luigi starts to hum and like whistle along with the main theme. And, um, is that like a nervousness thing? Yeah. 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 Like, so he starts like, you know, his voice is like really Wavering shaky and, and cracking yeah. and stuff like that. And, um, uh, as you play, like as his health goes up and down the, uh, the pace and the, like the way he sings it changes. So uh, when he's got high health, he's kind of like, he's not too scared and the tone whistles is, a bit. He whistles a bit and he, and uh, as he goes to medium health, it slows down a little bit. You know, his voice starts to crack a little bit more and then low, it's like really slowed down and the, like the chords, I, like you start getting all these like um, weird chords and like low bass notes and stuff coming into it. So um, really cool little piece, piece of music in that way. Uh, the game came out in 2001. It was a launch title for the GameCube. Um, the two composers are Kazumi Totaka and Shinobu Tanaka. Totokeke. <laughs> Totokeke, yeah. yeah. Your boy. And uh, so the, the, <laughs> the plot of the game is kind of like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So Luigi wins a contest he never entered. And what he wins in the contest is a mansion. <laughs> and, uh, That's he great. Gets, I hope he lives in that mansion now. Yeah, and he gets a, uh, he gets a map and a picture of the mansion. And he immediately tells Mario and he's like, let's meet up at the mansion. Um, and so he goes there. Mario beats him there. Uh, he gets to the mansion and Mario's nowhere to be found. And all of a sudden a ghost pops out and tries to grab him. And this old man with these big, you know, bottle glasses. Professor E. Gad. Professor E. Gad jumps out with the polter, polter gust. <laughs> 3000 and sucks up the ghost and he's like what the hell's going on and he's like you know you were tricked to come here this is all a trick from uh king boo so this is back to boo that i mentioned in the first podcast um at the first part and uh king boo sets this up as a big trap for luigi uh to to lure him here why and luigi luigi's useless i don't know it be yeah. a trap for mario well it, well, it ends they, up being yeah, a trap for they mario played, right they played mario is missing and they realized yeah. that that game was a joke this so. is actually the second <laughs> this is the second game where luigi is the uh the second of only five games where luigi is the like main character the actual protagonist, protagonist yeah, the yeah. actual protagonist of the game so and then i just coming back to me having played this way back in 2001 when he's walking around the mansion along with humming along with the game he also occasionally goes mario mario <laughs> yeah no it's great i love it <laughs> so um yeah professor G- egad saves him explains that it's king boo and what what's going on is that professor egad trapped all these ghosts in paintings and king boo built this mansion um as like a safe house for the ghost that he let out of the painting so uh it becomes luigi's uh mission to go back in to the mansion and 
capture all the ghosts and put them back in the painting. It, it's very much a Ghostbusters game. It's and, very a Ghostbusters And the mechanics game, yeah. were great. It was they were essentially fishing mechanics. It was yeah. almost like a fishing game as you're like totally. fighting against the ghosts. It worked fantastically. And, yeah. I almost and you could wish feel it were. in the yeah. in the controller. You could feel it like shaking and like getting harder and easier and stuff like that. And um, so the pack is your is your you know, it's your poltergust, so it sucks up the ghost, but it's also your flashlight. Um, and then you also have the, uh, I wanted to mention this, uh, Game Boy Horror, which is <laughs> is your, uh, it looks like a Game Boy Color, but it's your communication device. It's your, it's the way you talk to him. So it's kind of like, why would he call it horror? That doesn't, make I don't know, <laughs> but that's what it's called. It's called the Game Boy Horror. So I think that, I think that's just and, a funny sorry, little Luigi tidbit. communicates with EGAD. EGAD. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. He, like he kind of guides him around. Now he's was, kind of his guide. Was the there game. any integration with the actual GBA for this? I don't think no, so. I don't the think GameCube there was. Didn't have any way to interact with the, uh, yeah, it did. Did it? It will, the, well, the, the interact with the Game Boy Advance, right? Yeah. 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 That's what I said. The GBA. Oh, you said GBA. Sorry, but I yeah, thought you but, said Game Boy Color because in the game it was the Game Boy oh, Horror, okay. which you was said, based okay. off the color. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so then, yeah, but but maybe, yeah. So it didn't. Doesn't, no, it yeah, doesn't okay. interact at doesn't, all. But yeah. uh, but oh, no, because as it was launch title, the whole interactivity between the didn't come out till later. Exist, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think they had that cable out yet. But um, yeah, so that's uh, that's the plot. So yeah, so let's listen to the main theme hummed, you know, shakily by Luigi <laughs> in three different ways. So we'll start with high health, then medium health, and low health. Let's have a listen. Mm-hmm. 
Nintendo tour. I remember day right, one. Yeah, you would have had this. Yeah, day one of the Nintendo tour. I remember, even though this was a launch game, we didn't get it on day one because, of course, oh. we our tour actually preceded the launch of the GameCube. So we, right, okay. Nintendo Canada didn't even have copies of this to ship out. So when we actually started, we had like Wave Race, we had Pikmin, and that was it. We had nothing else. Oh, really? And then uh, it's weird that like a launch game you wouldn't have. Yeah, but we got it. We got it like the next. I, I think we got it within the next week. So it was still before the GameCube launched, and then we had it. And I remember the first day we had it, I had to unbolt the GameCube out of our uh, out of our little housing, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm taking this home, and I'm beating this game. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you actually took it home. So I never actually owned Luigi's Mansion, but I did beat Luigi's Mansion, but it was Nintendo's copy. It's funny you say that because I never uh, owned it either, but um, I just rented it and beat it. And actually, that was a criticism of some reviews was that it was quite a short game. It was a short game. And, but it was totally, it, you know, back in the day of rentals, that wasn't always a bad thing because it mm. was a game that you could beat on a rental. So, and that's exactly what I did. What kills me is that it was a great game and I liked it a lot. And there was a sequel on the 3DS and I've, I don't own it. Why don't I own that game? Yeah, no, that's, uh, and I was going to bring that up too, is that I, I really want to get that game. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that Nintendo actually might do like a Halloween sale or something and put that game because uh, they, they've had a couple good sales out there or maybe something with my Nintendo or something where I could grab onto that game. But uh, that's definitely one I don't have to pick up. That's cool. I didn't know it was a sequel. I just thought it was a remake. No, no. No, it's, uh, yeah. what's it called again? Dark of the Moon or Dark Moon? Dark or- Moon, I think. Luigi Mansion, Dark Moon. It, it has dark and moon in the title, <laughs> yeah. I think. But anyway, it's, uh, yeah, and it got great reviews. Everyone said it was, you know, and I think you can actually play it multiplayer too. Really? Um, then it, we yeah. need to get it. Yeah, we should get it and uh, it'll be another good they multiplayer title. said it was title. the best game where Luigi's the main protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the game's actually just to run through that. It's Mario's Missing, um, Luigi's Mansion, Luigi's Mansion, Dark of the Moon or Dark Moon? It is Dark Moon, just start dark, moon. dark Moon. Yeah, yeah. okay, I was right. And then... Um, uh, Dr. Luigi, which just came oh, out recently. Yeah. And then uh, the uh, new Luigi bros. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those don't even count. That's nothing. But those are technically the only five five games, even though we had the year of Luigi just a little well, while ago. But the only <laughs> Luigi, five Luigi's Mansion is probably the only one that's a true good game that's not a spinoff of a Mario game yeah, or yeah, an educational true. game. It's, yeah, it's, it's own. not just like, here's another of the same game where we've just slapped yeah. Luigi over top of Mario, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just thought it was really funny, though, that it is like, you know, it's Mario's missing. So it like... Yeah, he <laughs> couldn't even get his name in the title. <laughs> well, but you could have... Yeah, but also you could have kind of called Luigi's Mansion Mario's Missing again yeah, because yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. the whole point of the game. So yeah. anyway. Mario. Actually, Luigi's best starring role in a recent memory is his uh, death stare from Mario Kart 8. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, which we've mentioned before. That's definitely... That makes him the star of the show. Yeah, That, that made him a star. He had his uh, 15 minutes of fame for sure there <laughs> with the Luigi death stare. So, uh, Jordan, that's on to you, buddy. All right. Um, for my last pick of the October Halloween theme, I'm going to pick a song from the last Sonic game that ever appeared on a Sega console. Ooh. Going back to 2001 on the Dreamcast, the game also came out on PS2 and on GameCube. I'm talking about Sonic Adventure 2. Now you're probably wondering, it's not what's really a, a Sonic. What's a Sonic? <laughs> it's not, uh, you know, you're thinking there's no, it's not a spooky game. It's a Sonic game. There can't be no ghosts, but there's, uh, there's, there is something spooky about the game and, uh, uh, before I get into that, I just want to talk a bit about the game. Um, for me, it stands out. There's there's three things in particular that stand out in the Sonic Adventure 2 game. Uh, like for one, this is this is just 
probably the most of a Sonic game I've ever played, aside from us playing Sonic Spinball earlier today <laughs> before recording. Um, I never grew up with a Genesis, but I played a lot of Genesis growing up. So I didn't, Friends I didn't yeah, stuff. exactly. Yep. I was the Nintendo guy. My neighbor was a Sega guy. So I played Sonic 2 and some of the other ones, Sonic and Knuckles. I think you mean you were the Nintendo kid and he was the Sega kid. Yeah. <laughs> Use I, the right <laughs> terms. <laughs> and, um, and so for me, um, I, I never really played this until the GameCube and then went and played it on the Dreamcast. But Sonic Adventure 2 is probably my favorite Sonic game of all time. So not playing a lot of Sonic games. I can't say what that's worth, but I'll, I'll talk about my three favorite things about the game real quick. The very first level. I think it is the coolest intro to... Is that uh, the surfing it. down the... That's where Sonic like falls, j jumps into the scene. He comes over the hedge and he's wearing, he's, he's riding a surfboard. Yeah. And he comes down like San Francisco streets yeah, and there's yeah, a yeah. semi chasing him. Yeah. And I remember that part. I've never even played that game, yeah, but I know that. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And then the song, um, uh, what is it? Escape the City. You know, the really good song, really good lyrics. Um, awesome. Totally gets you in the mood to play an awesome Sonic game. You play that level and you're like, man, this is a taste of good things to come. <laughs> Um, that's one of my favorite things. Um, number two, there's this thing that they had in the Sonic Adventure games, um, the Chows. They're these little like blue cutesy characters. I don't know if they're from other Sonic games as well. I don't want to like misquote anything. No, so. I think they, I think they appeared in the Sonic Adventure games. Yeah, I'm, that, I'm guessing, and I know they got into like the anime and stuff after that too. Okay. But yeah, so they, so they're they're part of this series. These cute little cuddly blue characters that. Um, when you're playing the main storyline of the game, you collect little little animals and um, these, they're called drives, I believe. They're these gems. They're not the Chaos Emeralds, but they're these gems, uh, different colors. And depending on what types of animals you collect and what kind of drives you collect, um, you feed them to your, your, all, to your chow. All the chows are the same until you you sort of plug in this data into them and they start to evolve. Like if, if anyone that grew up in the nineties remembers these Tamagotchi characters, because <laughs> yeah. they, they start to evolve and you nurture them and take care of them. And then they bloom into these like monster characters. And then you, um, you can sort of like have them compete. Uh, you can it do like races like, you know, and battles. Pokemon in all of my games somewhere. It, it's a neat, it's <laughs> a a neat bit, feature. Yeah. It, it, it feels like, like this weird little side thing that they, like they thought was like <laughs> sort of like a little tacked on experiment that is actually addicting as heck. For me, it was like one of the main reasons I kept playing the game after I beat it. Was that the thing where you could take the... That's, you're thinking the VMU card, which is like yeah. the save the save card of yeah. the Dreamcast. Yeah, had you, a little screen on it. You could, it? in fact, um, save your chow to that and okay. take it with you. And there were little mini you games like, yes. you could play on it. because So the, it is basically a Tamagotchi. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, I never played that, but I know I know it exists. And that's like, um, there, there's buttons on the VMU, so you could yeah. sort of play. Like three buttons yeah. or something. Yeah, I, I always played the, the, the in-game. Very much like a Tamagotchi. Um, <laughs> the in-game Like my Burger stuff. King version of Sonic that I have. That yeah, I exactly. Still have, yeah. where it's like one button. Sonic just keeps running, and you push the button to the make really Sonic old, jump. old school LCD screen, like the Tiger Electronics. The Tiger Electronics, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I still have it. Still works. Yeah. So, and my third and final uh, favorite, favorite thing? thing about this game is uh, leads me into the song, and that is if you've played it, um, if you've ever played any of the levels where you play as Knuckles, well he has really interesting music. All, all the characters have sort of their own, like, like Sonic has like the rock and roll music. 
Um, some of the other characters have different themes as well, but Knuckles has rap music, and they because <laughs> he's so bad. They hired, they hired this dude. They hired. I did a little bit of research on the rapper because I'd always wondered who the heck this guy was, and it wasn't until we decided to record this episode that I decided I need to find out who this guy is. There's a rapper by the name of Hundred Percent. That's how you say Hundred Hundred. Percent. percent and it's you know obviously a hundred percent um he's he's so much better than fitty <laughs> yeah he, this is before fitty because this is well i don't know like 2001 <laughs> that's genius yeah. so he did all the knuckles songs in the whole game and the best part is he doesn't just rap in the knuckles levels he raps as knuckles <laughs> oh um, man that's great <laughs> so so he'll he'll talk about how he's knuckles and he's got to get the chaos emeralds and <laughs> save save the day and all this stuff as knuckles and the funny thing is is upon researching who this guy is i found his youtube page and his profile picture is this like gangster knuckles smoking a joint and he's got all these tattoos and oh, piercings man, that guy had his like 15 minutes of fame and he's going to hold he's on to that forever. <laughs> forever, yeah. Well, that's exactly that's the, awesome, the impression I got. But there's no doubt that- I'm a fan of his now. When I first heard the music, I, I was borderline between it's so bad, it's good. But I kind of think it's just, it's so good, it's good. <laughs> I kind of like the rap in this game. So enough, enough about that. Let's just listen to the rap. Um, tying into the Halloween theme, my actually my favorite song in the whole game is from the Pumpkin Hill Zone. Uh, the Knuckles level from Sonic Adventure 2. So let's take a you listen. You know me, the fighting freak Knuckles, and we're at Pumpkin Hill. You ready? I ain't gonna let it get to me. I'm just gonna creep. Down in Pumpkin Hill, I got to find my little speed. I know that it's here. I can sense it in my feet. The great Emerald's power allows me to feel. I can't see a thing, but it's around somewhere. I'm gonna hold my head because I have no fear. This probably seems crazy, crazy. crazy. Graveyard theory. I go try to approach me. Someone saying you were chicken, don't be scared. It had to be the win, cause nobody wasn't there. I searched. 
and I searched as I climbed up the wall. And then I started to fly, I went in deep. Let it get to me, I'm just gonna creep. Down pumpkin hell, I got to find my lost peace. I know that it's here, I sense it in my feet. The great emerald's power allows me to feel. I can't see a thing, but it's around somewhere. I gotta hold my head, I have no fear. It probably seems crazy, crazy, a graveyard theory. A ghost try to approach me, he got there. The other thing I was going to mention about this game uh, and Sonic Adventure overall is uh, so like Knuckles was like the Batitude character, right? Yeah. He was yeah. like, like the did original. he have a gun? Because <laughs> that's how you make Sonic better. You give so him a gun. Who, who had a gun? Oh, shoot. I, I don't even know. There was like a black Sonic character. Yeah, well, no, that's, and this and is what, what I'm getting into. And yeah. what I, maybe, maybe you're going to steal my point. Oh, go so ahead. I'm going to say it first. Go ahead, yeah. Is this is the first game to introduce Shadow the Hedgehog. Exactly, yeah. <gasps> yeah. So like Knuckles, Knuckles yeah. was uh, the original Batitude character. And then it was like, no. you know, we need someone better than Knuckles. That, that than, is the history of Sonic because Sonic was that character. He's yeah. like, no, he's I got know, 90s exactly. dude and he's so badass. No, he's not badass anymore. Time has passed. What can we do? Well, we've got knuckles, knuckles and yeah, then, and then yeah. So that's the thing is they just like they like make a character as like as bad as he can get, and then they're like, we need someone even better. So, and then, <laughs> so what you're telling me is in in 2000, uh, 2025, they're going to introduce like a turtle that like sticks heroin into his arm, and he's the <laughs> he's new, all coked he's up the or new, like yeah, because yeah, <laughs> after Shadow, where do you go? It's got to be yeah, like yeah, he's drug got, addicted serial killer or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But actually, they're he's he runs around with Sonic's head in his hand. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's dark. <laughs> But no, they're actually going back in time. Uh, Sonic Mania, right? We're going, yep. we're going uh, back to original style Sonic 2D side scrolling, run fast through you know multi path levels. So, which looks really cool. Looks, I don't know. That, I think it looks Sonic great. has needed to get back to his roots for Forever. years and years. Yeah. yeah. So and it, it kind of feels like like a good game. Sega just said, "Okay, this is what you guys have been asking yeah. for. We've tried everything that we want to do, and you guys aren't biting. We, you know, exactly. Well, I feel like you know they've kind of like." you know, thrown everything but the kitchen sink at Sonic for, for <laughs> I 20 was, years. I was going to let him sow his oats now back to what you do. Well, that's do your job, thing. Sonic. Well, and, and I feel like it's just like, you know, Sega's coming out there and, and like laying it all on the line and going like, all right, you know what? Here it is. Now we're going to see if you buy it. We're going to see if you all put your money where your mouth is and everything you've been asking for for 25 years. Here it we're is. Here's we're giving it to Tell you, me yeah. if you like it. Biggest problem is that developers do that and then they back that with a shitty game. And so yeah, the, but, the thing is, you can say, you know, finally, we're going to give you what you want, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it better be good. Otherwise, yeah, you know, totally quality needs to talk in this. Situation. But it, it looks like like everything I've seen in Mania, it looks like it's shaping up to be something really, good. really special. Already, you release a good 2D Sonic game and I will buy it. Release yeah, a bad one and I will ignore it. And they're already putting out collector's editions of the game. And it's like, yeah, well, you don't know if it's going to be good. It. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's I, normal, though, I guess. As somebody who has never been a Sonic fanboy that just has more recently become a Sonic fan in the later generations, which I know has been hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> I was really excited for Sonic Boom when it was in development. I wasn't attached to the original design. And then you saw the art? Yeah. No, no. That's the thing is because I'm not attached to the series. Oh, okay. Um, seeing the art, I was like, I don't care. And actually it's kind of refreshing. I'm cool with like steroid knuckles and like, you know, <laughs> 
emo Sonic or hipster Sonic. You know, every, every like Sonic person, including they me and Aaron, <laughs> listening right now are like shaking but, our heads. But violently. that's why I need to specify that I was never a fan yeah. until more recently that I was excited for it. And by that, I just mean I was willing to give it a chance, unlike most people. And, you know, play it for what it was, but I, I just never got into it because I heard too many bad things and that it was broken and rushed in development. Yeah. The, uh, one of the other theories I hear often about Sonic though, where, you know, this thing, this Sonic mania might fall on its face is that Sonic actually never was good. Sega tricked us all into believing that Sonic was good and cool. But if you go back and play the originals now, they don't, they don't hold, you know, they don't hold water like Mario and like all those old Mario Not games. The same way. They don't have the depth, but Sonic, no. you know, was, I'd say Sonic, at least the original, which I played was an argu- arguably was a, actually a good game. Yeah. But you know, that's, that's yeah. the whole thing. So it's like, if mania comes out and it's like, it is like the originals and you don't like it. Well, maybe if you went back and played the originals, maybe you wouldn't like those either. So <laughs> all of that, all of, of that Sonic said thing. though, they have an established franchise with this character. Oh, that totally. There's nothing saying Long that they time. couldn't just, you know, totally give up and reinvent Sonic, the character and the, the, the play style. And like, maybe, you know, like you have something First established <laughs> and, and there's, you know, who's to say they, they couldn't just all of a sudden hit a home run with something that's just different. Right? Sonic yeah. survival I know it's horror. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Sonic yeah. and the scissor man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I'm, I'm excited for many. I saw that, uh, I don't know if anyone out there has seen the collector's edition, but just seeing that, like I kind of wanted to buy it because it's so cool. You get like, you get a gold ring, you get like a statue of Sonic standing on top of the original Genesis. Like it's not a working one, obviously, but it's like, it's a big statue too. I think it's like 11 inches or something. It's really cool. But anyway, enough of Sonic. Onto your pick, buddy. All right, onto my pick. Um, All right, so for my third, I mean, fourth and final pick here, um, I'm going to be talking more about a series than a specific game. And this is a series that I used to love way back in the day that is one of the... is This is the granddaddy of survival horror games. The granddaddy of them all. Granddaddy of them all. This isn't Sweet Home, obviously. And it, uh, at... Sorry, when, when, I can't remember when Clock Tower actually came out. Uh, 95. 95. So this does predate that as well. So this game was uh, called Alone in the Dark. And it's not as well known now as... It used to be mostly because it was ran into the ground through some really, really terrible sequels and actually some really terrible films on top of that. So there are actually six games in the Alone in the Dark series. The first three were developed by a French company called Infogrames, and they no longer exist. They, the, they were bought up by Atari, and so the franchise is owned by Atari. And so the first three games in the series, um, they take place in the 1920s, and it follows a private eye named Edward Carnby. And he gets kind of sucked into this um, story where this guy who owned this old mansion dies under mysterious circumstances, apparently committed suicide. And you get this letter where you're supposed you to listen like, to the Lavender Town theme. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and he, so you Sorry. go to his mansion to see if you can find out what happened to this guy, this old mansion called, called Dirketto or Dirchetto. But uh, you, you go to this mansion and you go up to the attic. And once you make it to the attic, things start happening. You read about this guy and how he was actually following this cult and he unleashed these demonic forces. And then you have to, basically your goal is to escape the mansion. You're locked inside, but you have to find out what is the source of the evil in this mansion. And it is all heavily, heavily influenced by the writings of uh, Lovecraft. So it's like Lovecraftian horror, very like uh, Cthulhu mythology kind of stuff. Yeah, very creepy, weird creatures. Yeah, and and it's, it's, this was the, the very first ever 3D survival horror game. So like Resident Evil, 
It used fixed camera angles, so like pre-drawn backgrounds because they had no rendering technology, but it was just hand-drawn pixel backgrounds and then 3D objects and characters placed on top of it. And these characters, this was primitive. This was 1992. So these characters had like maybe eight pixels for the uh, main character kind of thing. Oh, wow. It's pretty... So like the original kind of Doom Wolfenstein Oh, like the original Doom was sprite. Yeah. And the original like... I, the original Wolfenstein was all sprite-based too. But it's that like fake 3D, right? But I mean, those were just sprites where they had different angles for sprites, the camera, okay. right? Sprites in 3D this, space that would this turn. yeah was true 3D. Oh, this was real 3D. This was okay. actual I, true 3D. And on top of that, because it was true 3D, they had, it wasn't like pre-canned animations in a lot of ways. This was the first one to have actual animation interpolation. So there were like poses and the character would animate fluidly between them. Through the poses. Okay, yeah. cool. I imagine because it was sort of like the, the painted pre-drawn backgrounds and 3D characters over top that it was, they, they didn't they blend together. No, well. not, so, not even a tiny bit. So if there's an <laughs> object that's 3D that you're meant to interact with, it's almost like oh, very yeah. obviously just slapped on the screen. Oh, and yeah. Just, oh, there it is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is there's still like, if you're searching a bookcase or something like that, it's just the pre-rendered bookcase that you see. But if you're opening a chest and there's actually an animation of the chest opening, it's a 3D chest and you can clearly see that it's a 3D chest. So um, like I said, this game came out in 1992. So that actually predates the first Resident Evil by four years. So this was an influence, I believe, for the original um, Resident Evil. And to also date myself again, this being 1992 and even before 1992, is that I originally downloaded this demo for this game. They, act- they developed just the attic only the attic, and they released that as a demo on BBS services. So this is me with my dial-up internet <laughs> dialing into a BBS, and if you don't know what that is, it's basically you're calling through your home phone landline on one of those screechy modems. You're dialing into just some random dude's number who is just hosting files. So, so you, pl- you played this a couple of years after it came out, or was there... Cause no, no, this, was be- this is before the game officially came out because this like is the demo... demo that was released on B- was internet around in 92. This wasn't the internet. This was BBS. Oh, this okay. Is yeah, this, it, this is what the, predated this the internet. predates the internet. Yeah. So this is me dialing into, you know, once it was internet, it was like an FTP service or something yes. like this, okay. but this is, this is, this that. is yeah. before internet. Yeah. See, I've used that. I just don't, didn't know it was called BBS. Yeah. Yeah. So downloading this demo and I played and it was just the Atticus, which is like two enemies, but I played that demo over and over and over. And I love that thing. And I never actually played the game until about the full game until about 1994 or 1995 when I was in a store and I found this collection. It was the Alone in the Dark collection in a box. It's the first box collection of games that I ever bought. And it had one, two, and three in it on CD-ROM. And it was full black with like glossy text on the cover, glossy black text. And then um, it glowed in the dark as well. So it was Ooh, the alone cool. in the dark thing <laughs> that glowed in the dark. A glow in the dark. Glow, a glow in the dark. That's right. <laughs> so, and as I was saying, this is a series, has six games in it. So the first game was based on Lovecraft and it has all that old God cult kind of stuff. The second game was, takes place a year later, still in the 20s, Edward Carnby, and you're fighting against mobsters. And the mobsters are actually like possessed spirits of ancient pirates. So you're like, <laughs> It's pirates and it's mobsters. You always find a way to talk about pirates. (laughs) (laughs) And I liked that for the pirate theme at the time. So it had mobsters. So you got like Tommy guns and stuff. And then there's pirates on top of that. Uh, A bit of a different tone to that game. And then the third game was Wild West themed, strangely. You actually takes place in California in a ghost ghost town in the Mojave Desert. And uh, 
So you've got just these, all over the place. Yeah, ghost pirates. And the weird thing about the third game is that it was Wild West themes, and it starts with the enemies as being cowboys, which was, you know, it's good. It made sense, at least for the theme. And then later there, like halfway through the game, then they start introducing things like zombies. And it's like, okay, that's strange, but, you know, it's alone in the dark, so it makes sense. And then later on, they went into monsters that were born out of radioactive mutagen. Nice. So, and that they went on to explain that <laughs> in that's... In the Wild West? In the Wild West. It, the third one got a little silly by the end. <laughs> yeah. And then the game went away essentially for a long time. Um, so that was like 1995. Yeah. And there wasn't another sequel until I think 2001. So <clears throat> new night and 2001, they released alone in the dark, new nightmare, which was not really a well-received game overall. And the one and that thing, was when Atari was making it. That was that when point? Atari was making it. And there, because the big thing was there was drastic changes to the series is that they decided, here's the dreaded thing about a series like this. They decided to modernize it. Yeah. So even Which though your character was still good and can go terrible. Yeah. So even though your character was still Edward Carnby, it wasn't in the 1920s. It was like, now I'm a badass, cool character, yeah. Edward Carnby from 2001. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> it came out in that 2001 era, right? Yeah. Where everybody had a black trench coat and black shades. And it's totally <laughs> like that. It is yeah. absolutely, it's too emo for its own good. <laughs> too <But>, Matrix. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. But it was popular enough. And, and then the latest game in the series was actually released in 2014, I believe. Oh, and that it, recently. Yeah. And it's on Steam. And? And it's hated. It's revival. I was reading. I was reading reviews. I was on the Steam page for it today, and I was reading reviews for it. And oh man, people hate that game. What's it called? So this is yeah. We don't want to put this in the context. I was going to say, are we going to put this in the context? Maybe maybe somebody wants it. Somebody wants to play a terrible game. The three later games in the series are actually on Steam. So Alone in the Dark, A New Nightmare, and its sequel, which I can't remember, and the latest one, which is called Illumination, um, are all on Steam. So, I mean, you could pick one if you wanted, but I don't recommend it because these aren't the classics. Um, also, the film, the franchise got popular enough that they'd made two films based on it. So there was um, a theatrically released Alone in the Dark movie, which was loosely based on that 2001 version of the game. But what happened is the director, and you may recognize the name of Uwe Boll, <laughs> who is, you have really? heard of him? No. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Like, okay, his thing is, like, basically turning video games into movies horribly. Yeah. So, example. He, he did the Street Fighter one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and With uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, did he do a, he might have done a postal movie. I can't remember. And There is a postal uh, movie. And he, I think. Every, like, bad it. video game movie. He's, like, he's universally hated. Yeah. He's the I think guy he, that, like, pretty much stopped doing movies now because he got, like, pandered so hard. Well, he was so hated. And here's an interesting story about this guy is that he was, he's ripped apart by critics so badly that he actually put out a challenge there to all the people who had criticized his films and him um, saying that he would challenge them in a boxing match. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't remember this. You remember not, that. not a filmmaking no, 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 no. competition. And here's a guy, who, and he's doing this because he's essentially like, he's a boxer. Like he actually... A boxer that tries to make movies. But And everyone thought this video was... Games. And here's the thing is everyone <laughs> thought this was essentially like a publicity stunt where, you know, it's just like, haha, here's a good photo op where like Uwe Boll going against like a harsh critic and that kind of thing. But he just wanted to get people in the ring and actually pummel them. Pound on them. And yeah. pound on them. His goal was actually to beat these people up. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> if and, you watched one of his movies, you oh, wouldn't. And the first Alone in the Dark movie is widely considered not just one of... Not not just considered Uwe Boll's worst movie, but one, one of, of the, worst. the worst movies ever yeah. made. And it stars uh, Christian Slater and Tara Reid. So there's a mark of quality yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. right there. And interestingly is that he did not return for the sequel. It was actually directed by another guy. 
uh, Alone in the Dark How the too. hell did that movie get a sequel? Well, despite being terrible, it was actually profitable. Like, <sighs> it still made its money back. And not be, it actually it bombed big time in theaters, but it made its money back in the home video release. DVDs. The DVDs. That's what, that's what got it. So it actually got a sequel because of that. But here's the thing, is that because the sequel wasn't written or directed by Uwe Boll, it's actually considered to be better. Okay. It stars, yeah, it stars absolute unknowns, and nobody's ever seen it because the Alone in the franchise. Dark franchise essentially died after that. Yeah. But it is supposed to be it. a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I have a lot of fondness for Alone in the Dark because of that original, original series. Yeah, the first three games. But there's not a lot of music in it. There's, uh, in the first game, there's like mostly musical stings and stuff like that. Like you'll be walking and it'll play like a creepy sort of Little stingers, stinger yeah. that that will just creep you out, and I, I those things used to stick with me just because they were really creepy. And the game was super atmospheric and scary with its various monsters and traps and and things hiding around corners and ghosts and and whatnot. And despite being terrible 3D, it was truly scary. And I actually a long time ago grabbed a bunch of the sound files from the game to put on my computer just because I wanted to remember them. And they have great names for these musical stingers, like Deadly Spiders or Uninvited, and that's just the names of these. Random, random they're not effects. even songs, right? Yeah, that's cool. Just random st- sound effects. You should sing us a song about the series. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if you I, don't have anything picked. I, I'm, not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna sing you a song about the series, but I'm gonna let the series sing a song to you. Awesome. Because there was a song in the series in the third game that played over the credits. And that's okay. the song that I've actually brought today. And of course, because the game came out in 1995, this is good old fashioned 1995 rock and roll, which is weird because I mean, doesn't really fit the theme. It doesn't but fit the theme. There, what is the theme? Is it pirates? Is it <laughs> Wild West? Is it mutagen, mutagen monsters? monsters? Is it Cthulhu? And who knows? It's, so it can theme, be whatever it wants. Apparently, the theme is just Anything. being alone in the dark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, if it's scary, then you got your theme. So um, the track is called Rock in the Dark. (laughs) And I believe, because this was a French-developed game, this is actually a French band, perhaps. I could find no information on on who did this. For all I know, it's one of the developers' band or something like that. (laughs) Totally sounds like, you know... Like the DK rap. It totally sounds like that. So it's... it's Once you beat the game, you... At the very end of the game, you essentially activate this old steam locomotive... And then after that goes, it cuts to the credits and it plays this song, Rock in the Dark. And in 1995, I thought that was awesome. Like, (laughs) it blew me away. I'm like, this is great. I love it. And I kind of forgot about the song until years and years later. And I went searching for it for the podcast and I found two different versions of it (laughs) that actually exist that apparently played on different versions of the song. So there's these camps out here like, I like this version. I like this version, the original versus the new one. So I didn't realize there was this stupid back and forth, you know, angry battle going on between these two so songs. So where did the two versions came out with different releases? Like with different, different releases, yeah. oh, okay. I think it must have been like one was like on the disc version, one's on the CD-ROM version. One's oh, on like okay. A, I don't know if there was like a 3D. I think there might have been a 3DO release. Oh, okay, okay. So classic like Genesis, NES yeah. kind of thing. Okay. Exactly. So I picked the one that I remember yeah. hearing. And right. this is called Rock in the Dark from Alone in the Dark 3.
song isn't good, but I only pick it because I want to talk about Alone in the Dark, because if you're talking about horror game franchises, it's yeah. it's one that shouldn't be forgotten despite all of the crap that keeps coming well, out. Well, it's got, you know, like you said, it's got a lot of history and it inspired probably the biggest horror game franchise of all time, right? Yeah, and I hate to see Atari run it into the ground, because I, I was when I was on the pay, Steam page today for uh, the latest one, Illumination, which is, people are generally calling it a, um, a Left 4 Dead ripoff, because it's a four-player cooperative game. Oh, okay. So it's essentially a Left 4 Dead ripoff that is apparently super buggy, super broken, bad pop-in, bad sound. Like, it's it's not just, good. Just not a just, finished just game, terrible. it sounds like. But a- it has released, um, has had big updates even as recently as this summer. Because I went on there and I watched the trailer for the 2016 summer update for this song. So there's... For the so game, the, sorry. For this game, yeah. yeah so you there's, said the song. <laughs> oh, not for the song. <laughs> yeah, there's a 2016 song. version of Rock in the Dark. <laughs> Can somebody cover Rock in the Dark, please? But for the that game, yeah, the game got a update just this summer. I can't summer. believe they're still supporting it. Yeah, and I, what I want them to see is, I'd love to see them bring this franchise back to quality. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And, and you want to bring it back to quality? Please bring back the original setting. Yeah, make it like, creepy. Make it in the 20s or the 30s or something like that. I, I'd love to go back to that rather than trying to you know, shoehorn this modernization in there that they're trying to do. They just need to combine everything. Mutagen, cowboy pirates, <laughs> yeah. whatever. In this one. Take, take every single element from the game and throw it all together. Mix them all together. That's what well, mutagen's for. Even with the story, like they had this whole sort of backstory where um, in one of the remakes, the main character is named Edward Carnby, but they're trying to tie it into the original game where they say, well, he's a descendant of this legendary group of, you know, demon hunters and they're all named Edward Carnby and kind of thing. So he's just the le- latest in a line of Edward Carbys. And then in the later ones, they kind of retconned that and they said, 
No, this is the real Edward Carnby. He's over 100 years old. He's just been around for all this time due to some curse that he got in the 1929. So, I mean, I appreciate the effort for trying to tie it to the original game, but it's, it's yeah, not the same. It'd almost be better if they didn't and just made a new franchise and leave it alone in the dark title. Like, don't, don't sully the title. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, that is it for part four of episode nine of VGM Generations. And uh, as always, if you'd like to contact us, the Twitter is at VGM Generations. The, the email is the address VGMGenerations at gmail.com. And uh, now we're going to talk about the contest to wrap it up. So uh, all you have to do to enter the contest is jump onto Twitter and retweet any one of the three tweets I put out about the podcast. So you have um, iTunes, you have SoundCloud, and you have Google Play. Uh, just retweet on the service you use. And for an bonus entry, leave us a comment on SoundCloud or a review in iTunes. And uh, so what we're giving away is any of the games that we've talked about that are available on Steam. So the full rundown is Costume Quest, Monkey Island, uh, Special Edition, AVGN Adventure, Ghost of a Tale, Hyper Light Drifter. And if you're feeling, uh, what is it? Ambitious? Yeah, and- I, I, you're like... Masochistic. Know, masochistic yeah. yeah if you're feeling masochistic any one of the three alone in the dark games <laughs> modern alone in the dark games i guess um if that's just the type of person you are <laughs> yeah feel free um so yeah uh and then i guess um the only other thing usually we talk about what we've been playing but uh kind of on the fourth uh podcast it just falls into randomness and uh one of the things i wanted to mention is um though what was it called? The Wonder... The Wonder Swan. The Wonder, Wonder Swan. Swan we figured out yeah. what the Wonder Swan is. <laughs> uh, it's a little handheld that came out in Japan only. And there was the Wonder Swan and the Wonder Swan in color. And uh, Aaron said it's well the and most it, Japanese. Well, I, it was always one of those little... The, since it only came out in Japan, it was one of those ones that was on, on my radar. You know, si- websites would report on it and they would talk about... And especially when like it would get ports, things would get ported from the Wonder Swan to other things and say, oh, this is a title that came from the Wonder Swan. Yeah. I think a lot of, there are, there are some mobile games that came from the Wonder Swan. I know the Final Fantasy uh, remake that actually appeared on the Game Boy Advance, or it was either on Game Boy Advance or the DS later, was originally a Wonder Swan title. But everything that seems to come up for the Wonder Swan and me looking at the list is like super Japanese. It's like Gundam, anime, your Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball yeah. your One Piece. Like, well, you mentioned it was by Bandai, right? It is so Bandai. A lot of that yeah, yeah. Gundam so stuff comes from there. So. Oh, makes totally. Sense, yeah. yeah, totally. But I mean, at this, they own a lot of those franchises. Right? Yeah, so makes sense. Yeah, it does seem to be like <laughs> heavily, heavily like this is the Japan system. And speaking of Japan, uh, speaking of Japan, well, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know why we're mentioning this. Um, because it's going to lead into more stuff. Okay. Well, the uh, the story is is that I am going to be traveling to Tokyo in November. So. Uh, and, and I'm super excited because November, we may know, is the release month for the Famicom Mini. Yeah, that's where I'm going. So in November, we're going to get the Famicom Mini and we're going to get the NES Classic. So um, if, you're, uh, if you're a younger gamer and, you, and we talk about all these old NES games and you're like, I've never played any of those and I don't want to find a CRT TV and I don't want to go garage, you know, through the garage sales and conventions and spend a fortune on old NES or... Uh, an old Famicom for that matter. Um, 
this is a way you can play these old games. And I actually read an article just today uh, that was talking, that was from Game Explain that was basically saying why the NES Mini is going to look way better than anything on the virtual console. They're talking about like the pixel aspect, the color, the clarity, the responsiveness. Like er, this is essentially the game, the way it was meant to be seen. Yeah, and so they're doing, yeah, they're doing a lot of work to sharpen things up for HD TVs nice. and it runs in 720p, I believe. Mm. Um and yeah, it's it's quite a slick looking little device. So, um, and yeah, maybe we'll you'll hear about that from us in November. Ooh. Yeah, and a little uh, foreshadowing there. And I'm probably gonna end up getting myself both the uh, North American NES version and perhaps when I'm Japan, I'll see if I can pick up a Famicom. If it's not, if people aren't going crazy and I have to wait in the line at some Yodabashi for like ten hours or something <laughs> yeah. to get it, because my time there is limited and I don't want to spend all that time waiting. For waiting the, in uh, line, yeah, fair Famicom enough. Mini, but I will spend some time in Akihabara, so you know, maybe maybe they'll be just selling it on the street. I don't know. Yeah, and those that don't know, I, there there are different titles between the two. Some are actually Japanese exclusive titles. Yeah. There's a bit of crossover where you might get a couple of the same, but uh, you know, if you're a collector or looking to expand in the Japanese library, you might want to look yeah, there's, into the Famicom. There's quite a few um, crossovers between the NES and the Famicom, but there are some uh, Japan-only ones, and some of the Japan-only ones look awesome. Like there's like <laughs> this martial arts one. There's this sumo one. There's this kind of double dragon sort of looking thing, but it's not double dragon. It's are you way more of, Japanese um, than that. Um, it's two like Japanese gangster guys. No, no, that that came out in North America. Oh, too. did it hit North I'm America? I'm trying to remember too? what it was called now. Um, um, because it's just not in the NES library. It's not, a, yeah. But it, but it was a, it physically came out in North America. You oh, know? Okay. Anyway, but yeah, there's tons of cool stuff. So check those out, uh, especially if you're younger and you're wondering about some of these older <laughs> NES games we're talking about. So yeah, that's it for uh, episode, part four of episode nine of VGM Generations, and uh, we'll catch you next month. Happy Halloween. Ooh.